Welcome to the December 16th edition of the Locked On These Podcast. I'm David Morissuti, joined by Michael Amato as the Toronto Maple Leafs saw a couple of streaks come to an end in New York with the loss of the Rangers. We'll break all that down on today's edition of the Locked On These Podcast. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morrissey from Sportsnet. Mike DeStefano is still on vacation. Have no fear, I do have some backup as I am joined by Michael Amato, who is a fantasy hockey expert over at Sportsnet. And he is also the managing editor at Goalie Post. So, Michael, I would like to thank you for joining me today and helping uh, help me break down what was a very weird game in terms of just, it wasn't a lot going on, but you felt like this was like almost like a playoff style game between the Leafs and the Rangers. And unfortunately, the Leafs came away with a three nothing loss in New York. Just a weird game overall. Yeah, it kind of uh, brought me back to like playoffs past, where you know opposing teams kind of um, sit back on the Leafs and try and just sort of force them to the outside, uh, defend a little bit, play play sort of a trap. Um, and yeah, it kind of worked tonight. The I don't think the Leafs generated a ton. Uh, only you know twenty three shots on net. Um, yeah, just kind of a a mad game. They, they didn't get outside of uh, I thought a couple of really good shifts. They, they didn't really generate a ton. And yeah, it's tough when you're playing uh, a boy like Justerkin. He was uh, pretty sharp tonight, so it was going to take uh, a lot to beat him. And yeah, they just didn't generate enough. We hadn't really seen the Justerkin of last season really up until this point, like. He's been at like well a little above league average, but not like last season where he was like among the elite goaltenders. Is this? Do you feel like this was kind of just a performance that he needed to have, and maybe he rose a little bit more to the occasion playing against Leafs, or is it just he's been, or how have you viewed his last few weeks? Do you feel like he's slowly getting back to that goaltender that we know he could be? Yeah, he is. It's definitely obviously a season where. You know, it was going to be tough for him to kind of, you know, sustain last year's pace. That was just sort of unsustainable. It was an incredible season. He was always going to going to come down a bit. But yeah, I think he's been a bit better. Um, I still think there's, you know, um, I don't know if, I don't know if I want to use the word intimidation factor, but I think you could see it tonight in some of the Leafs shooters. Like I thought they were a little bit passive. I thought, you know, Nylander passed up a couple of shots in the first period. Um, he tried to sort of force feed Sandin on one. Um, and I think bunting on another, that's kind of like, you know, it's just gets in your head a little bit, tries to make you get that perfect pass, that perfect uh, goal. And I thought it kind of hurt the least a little bit in that sense. Like maybe they could have just uh, been a little bit more direct and just, you know, put some more pucks on them. Yeah, it did feel like, I mean, after what we saw against the Anaheim Ducks, I wasn't expecting the Leafs to have a repeat of that against the Rangers. I, I was expecting, considering the Rangers are a much better team than Anaheim, that the Leafs were going to, have a tougher time generating offense, but it just feels like, you know, in this game, Michael Bunting scores and the top guys, you mentioned Nylander, like there was a point in the game where, you know, he's going in and they brought it up on the broadcast where he's got a, a chance to shoot the puck on net and he's trying to pass it to Rasmus Sandin. And like, 
it's it, it, I don't know if it's because of how well Shasterk was playing that there was a little bit of self doubt with this team and they felt like you know they had to try to make that extra pass to try to make things a little bit tougher on the goalie. But I mean, considering how William Gale has been playing the last you know this pretty much this whole season, he shouldn't be looking off any chance to shoot. No, definitely not, and especially taking Shasterk. And I think like yeah, players can get too cute with him. I think just when you have a scoring chance, just rip it on net, try to get trapped. Get, get rebounds, get tips, yeah, just get everything you can, you know, towards that. And I think, like, it's maybe a little bit of a, you know, obviously it's, it's just one game. They've been on an incredible run here. But, you know, I think it's something you've seen from this team in the playoffs a little bit in, in years past. They have the odd game where they just, like, seem to seem to not be able to generate much. Um, you know, I think Game 7 against the Lightning last year was a, sort of a similar example. So, obviously, I think these are the types of, of games they kind of want to avoid, you know, where they just don't have, um, you know, sort of much presence in the offensive zone at all. Yeah, and, and these are the types of games that this team is going to have to figure out how to come away on top, right? Face a really good goaltender team, and, and the Rangers do a really good job of winning those puck battles, not giving you those extra chances. These are the types of games the Leafs are eventually going to have to find a way to win. And look, it's hard to poke too, you know, to be too down on a team that just came off an incredible stretch where they went 15 games without losing in regulation. But you know, these are the types of games you learn have to start to learn something from because they're not all going to be as easy as they've come the last 15 games. No, absolutely not. And, and obviously, you know, everyone's sort of measuring this team on, on what they do in the postseason. And uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter how the standing shake out. They're going to play a really good team in, in the first round. I'm still obviously a long way, but yeah, they're, they're going to get in these situations where they're not going to have many opportunities and they're going to have to find a way to overcome it and, and you know, put a few in the back, back of the net because there's going to be a lot of, you know, games like tonight, 2-1 games, tight games, where they're just going to have to find a way to pull those out. Yeah, they're really going to have to, um, you know, I, I look at the goaltending performance of Matt Murray, not really much. If you look at the two goals that were scored on him tonight, not much you can really expect him to do on those you're not expecting Jimmy VC to have that type of effort on that goal that he scored. Um, I, I know somebody was, uh, I was in a group chat and a buddy of mine wasn't too thrilled with how uh, TJ Brody defended it. He was clearly yeah. trying to pass. That was, a, that was a rare one for Brody. Just looked like completely lost sliding on the ice. Yeah. yeah Cause you know, you, you put yourself in a situation where, yeah, you're going to block the pass, but you know, the player with the puck, if he's good enough, you can say, okay, you lie down on the ice. I'm just going to go around you and get a chance in alone on that. That's clearly what happened on that play there. And a lot of people will bring up the fact that at one point, uh, you know, when he was a Leaf, Sheldon Keefe called Jimmy VC vanilla in terms of assessing his play. <laughs> Not much vanilla about his play in this game, let's just say. I think he uh, I think he had a little extra pep in the step against his former team. Yeah, it seems it's always happening against the Leafs. Those former players just find a way to yeah they just find they always find a way these former leafs let's just say if you took put money on jimmy vc to score a goal against leafs you likely came away a little bit richer tonight i mean it's almost like a given if you see a former player with a grudge against his former team especially the leafs put a little put a little dollar or two on it you'll likely come away on top um yeah it it was kind of just one of those uh types of games for the leafs we're going to break down more of this game and what we, you know, we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into specific parts 
obviously we haven't done this in a while the good bad and the ugly because the Leafs have been winning a lot usually we mike we do we do the three stars mike uh and i do so on the other side i'm gonna ask michael what he thought was the good bad and the ugly of the game but before we do i'm gonna talk to you about one of our show sponsors and that is the nhtsa you're hanging out with a few friends and putting back a few drinks a few become a few more and a few become a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out you think of calling for a ride but then you figure you live nearby you can make it home okay it's not a big deal what are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway and even so what's the worst that can happen your insurance goes up lose your license lose your job you totally your car you kill someone everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving the results are tragic and often deadly however that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives so think you're okay to drive after a few drinks think again play safe and plan ahead to get a ride it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, we'd like to welcome you back into the Locked On Lease podcast. David Morissuti, joined by Michael Amato, who agreed to help me out here in doing a post-game analysis of the Toronto Maple Leafs losing 3-1 to the New York Rangers. Just a reminder, Locked On Lease is available wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you subscribe. Also, make sure you're also subscribed to our YouTube channel, we're, we're continuing our push. We're over 2,300 subscribers. We want to continue to see our numbers go up, so make sure you get yourself notified when a new episode of Locked on Leafs does come out. Unfortunately, in a Leafs loss, we don't get to do the three stars of the game. We have to do the good, the bad, and the ugly. And a game like this, it's really tough to find a lot of good when a, when a team loses. I didn't think the Leafs were too bad. In this game, but Michael, was there something specific you thought the Leafs did well, or there was something good that came out of this game for this team? Uh, I just thought more uh, the fourth line looked really good again. Uh, I thought Holmberg, you know, sort of continued um, to play really well. Just thought they had the puck in the Rangers end a lot. Um, Zach Asmarys had a had a bunch of chances too. I think he, he only hit the net on one of them, but um, I really like this group. Like I think. For the longest time, it feels like they've been searching for for a fourth line with this team. They've always kind of felt like they've been one player away or maybe one player that was on the fourth line that shouldn't be in the lineup, just wh- whether it's for cap purposes or, you know, some veterans they've had or even going back to like the sort of Frederick OJ days. Like they, they just in this in the Austin Matthews era, they've sort of really struggled to, I think, ice that fourth line that they can trust and, and put out there, you know, maybe for 10 to 12 minutes uh, a night and. I don't know, maybe this is the makings of it. I don't know if Joey Anderson um, is a long-term fit there with, with those two, with Holmberg and Aston Reese. But I don't know. I've liked what I've seen from them in the last uh, few games. Yeah, it does help that, you know, you have David Camp doing a really good job with Engvall and Kerfoot. I know you want to maybe see a little bit more offense from that trio, but you at least have a fourth line where you can put out a Pontus Holmberg. And as Sheldon Keefe has said about Pontus Holmberg, there's not much you can really critique of his game. He's putting up points when they, when he's getting those opportunities. And yeah, I, I think the, the fourth line has, has looked pretty solid. You know, Zach Asmus, it took him a little bit of time to kind of get his footing in Toronto after he signed. And yeah, I mean, with the, with the injury to Nick Robertson, it's allowed, you know, a Joey Anderson to get his opportunity. As you said, 
maybe maybe that's something the Leafs could look to upgrade if they feel like they don't have it there with Joey Anderson or Wayne Simmons. But yeah, not a lot of bad you can see from that uh, from that fourth line. I I mean I've also liked that Michael Bunting continues to put up points. You know, yeah, ten in a row I think now. Ten in a row, contract year. <laughs> Apologies. Um and. You know, we're just, we just weren't – we were a little concerned maybe that Michael Bunting was hitting a bit of that – it's funny because it's a sophomore slump. He's not the technical, like, definition of a sophomore considering his age and how long he's been playing professional hockey for. But, you know, it's good that he's starting to get his his offensive chances going and he's putting them – and he's putting them in, in places that Michael Bunting needs to score at. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think the big thing too with him is – He's finally kind of, I think, got a foothold again back on that first line. Like there was a while there where he was getting dropped down the lineup. Um, he hadn't he hadn't scored in a long time, and yeah, you weren't even sure if he was going to be in the top six. And now he's kind of feels like he's really has that um, spot locked up again on on the top line, and he's producing. I think the be- and the and the best thing is you know Michael Bunding's at his best when he's not only scoring but he is trying to get on the nerve of the other team. Tonight, Jacob Truba wasn't exactly too thrilled. That Bunting had his stick pinned under his arm, but at the same time, Truba did what he thought was the right thing, which was let the stick go. Unfortunately, in his you know, attempt to try to get the stick back, Bunting was left open in front of them, and that's what led to the goal. But yeah, he's 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 the Leafs don't have many guys that will get into the grill of the other team like a Michael Bun- like Michael Bunting does. So. He's got to continue to do that. That I think was what what makes him more effective as a player, not just getting the, uh, you know, not just scoring. You know, they at least have guys that can score, but they need guys that can do the, just those other things, and that's what I, I that's what I appreciate more from Bunting's game. And the goals are just a, really just a bonus, in my opinion, with him. And I did pick him up in fantasy, so right time to continue to have him on a on a on a tear right now. So. I will keep him there as long as he continues to put up points. Yeah, great run for him for sure. Great run. Unfortunately, there were some bad from the games. Uh, one of them is Timothy Lilligren, who had to leave the game. I, well, it was it was kind of like he didn't because Timothy Lilligren isn't. I, I'm not gonna say like a high. Like he's not noticeable because nobody knew he wasn't playing in the game until late in the third period, and because it was like five minutes left in the second, he left the game, didn't return. I guess, you know, and maybe the, the those who were there weren't really keeping an eye for how long he was out for. But after the game, Sheldon Keith did say it. he did have to leave the game with an upper body injury. Um, Luke Fox of Sportsnet did say that he had his right hand wrapped. It's not something you want to see. This team has defense has been taking some huge, huge hits the last few weeks. They were just starting to get healthy. And now you have another defenseman going down on a road trip. Good thing is that Jordy Ben is waiting in the wings, but Timothy Lilligren has been doing such a great job on that pairing with Rasmus Sandin. That's the last thing you want to see is you lose a top four defenseman, another top four defenseman, especially on the right side where the Leafs don't necessarily have a lot of depth there. So that was for me a bad, um, you know, with those Lily Green going bad, was there anything else you thought was bad from this game, or uh, was that a bad for you? Uh, yeah, that was bad for me for sure, just because I think it it's going to continue um, to put more pressure on someone like Mark Giordano, who 
I think he's been incredible this year, you know, given his age, playing big minutes. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little worried about how he's going to be looking in March or April um, on this pace. It would be nice for him to kind of maybe slot back into a, to a pair a little bit lower down the lineup and not have to play over 20 minutes a night. Um, but yeah, this Lilligren injury certainly complicates that. Yeah, the other the other bad I just sort of mentioned earlier was just, I think, the passiveness. They didn't look as aggressive. Um, I thought, like I said, Nylander passed up some shots. Even Marner and Matthews, I thought Matthews had like a two-on-one in the third period. Normally, he would just rip that, and I think he tried to make a backhand pass across, and it didn't connect. And Marner had a chance in front, too, where he was trying to make a couple of moves. I just thought, yeah, in a goalie against a goalie like that, you know that they might face, you know, a, a similar situation in the playoffs. You want to see them be just really aggressive and, and try to, you know, get as many pucks on that as they can. Yeah, and 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 what really, I mean, if, we're, if we can move into the ugly was, you know, there was a point in the time where Austin Matthews has a puck in the zone. Connor Timmins is kind of deciding, okay, I'm going to pinch in, trying to help jumpstart the offense. Matthews makes a pass. It goes to nobody but Jimmy VC who picks it up. It's a two on one and it leads to that goal. Like those types of plays, they just seem to always go against the Leafs. Those, you know, you should be pushing the play forward and instead you push it back. The other team's ready to pounce on it. Unfortunately, this one ends up in the back of the net. But yeah, I, I didn't like the fact that it had to be Jimmy VC. Like, let any other player on the Rangers be. Let it be Panarin. Let it be Zibanejad. Let it even be Chris Kreider, who did it the last time the Leafs were in New York. Jimmy VC had to be him. Uh, Tic Tac Tomar, um, who I follow, I know many follow on on Twitter, had to go out. He had to he had to poke. He just had to leave it out there that he didn't think Jimmy VC was going to score in this game. Well, guess what, Omar? Not only did he have one goal, but he had two goals. Yeah, it's like uh, death taxes and uh, former Leafs scoring against the Leafs. It's- Always the guarantee, but yeah, I think I think you're right. Like, uh, you notice when they when they kind of get into these situations where, you know, that they're, they're struggling to kind of find the back of the net and find offense, they're making that extra pass. And like you said, Matthews, that one just turned it over and led right to the goal. And he and and him and Tavares had some really good chances in front. There was that one Matthews had. I I thought he was gonna tie the game where he had point blank in front of Shostak, and he went low, and I'm like. It just doesn't seem like an Austin Matthews chance. Now, I, f- I think he also felt like there was should have been a penalty called on that play. Uh, but, yeah, just a lot of unnecessary, uh, uncharacteristic plays made by the Leafs in this game. And, unfortunately, that meant that they did not come away with the win. Neely Shosturkin, he, like, he didn't face a lot of shots. But I saw the, if you looked at the heat map from uh, Natural Static, a lot of these chances were coming in tight in front of the net. He had to make yeah. a lot of lot of big saves, and that's what you that's what happens when you go up against a goalie like that. You know, it, when he's on his game, not really much you can do, but you also have to make it tough on him. And I don't know if the Leafs made it as tough as they could have in this game. Yeah, that's exactly. I think you could tell pretty quickly that, like, you know, he wasn't standing on his head tonight, but he was definitely on his game. He was sharp. Um, it was going to take a good shot to beat him, and I think the Leafs kind of felt that, and maybe punched their sticks a bit tighter. Yeah, so the Leafs will have to look and try to rebound uh, when they continue their road trip in Washington. We're going to wrap up just kind of this game in general, and we're going to discuss the upcoming matchup against the Capitals as Alexander Ovechkin looks to get over 800 goals. He did it a couple of days ago. He got 800. Now he's got to try to move past Gordie Howe. We're going to discuss all of that and more. We're just going to take one more quick break. 
break here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. Welcome back into the Locked on Leafs podcast. David Morissuti here joined by Michael Amato, who is pinch hitting. I know we're a hockey podcast, but I'm going to use pinch. I like using pinch hitting one in these scenarios. He is pinch hitting for Mike DeStefano, who is on vacation. I should I should just mute Mike when he's on Instagram and he's on vacation because every video I'm seeing of him on this cruise is making me wish we were doing Locked on Leafs on a cruise right now and not in my basement in a pretty crappy weather here in Toronto. But luckily, Michael ha- is joining me tonight to help me uh, get through the last episode of Mike's vacation, and he'll be back for the next one. The Washington Capitals... You know, when, so this game with the Leafs and the Rangers, obviously the offense didn't go their way. They're going to have to rebound against a Washington team that they've been a little bit better. And it's funny enough that it's not Darcy Kemper doing it. He's been out with an injury. Char, uh, Charlie Lindgren has been s- stepping in uh, with Kemper out. Do you feel like, you know, and, I, and, then, and actually Washington is coming off a loss to the Dallas Stars where they were really trying to get Ovechkin to get past the... 800 goal mark. He's at 800. They're trying to try to get him past Gordy Howe. And I'm watching this game, and I'm like, it, it Washington. There was just something off about them in this game. Is this a position right now where the Leafs can try to take advantage of some injuries, you know, in the crease for Washington, and maybe Washington trying a little bit too hard to force things to Ovechkin? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think Washington this year doesn't seem as strong as in years past you know there's no backstrom um who's nets off having a bit of a down year compared to last year um and yeah kemper's out but lindgren's lindgren's been pretty good um last week he was, he was really strong um so they're playing a hot goal they're also playing you know i think the leafs are going to be facing a team that's sort of um still on a bit of an adrenaline rush from the ovechkin um 800 and they're, they're going to try to push for that so probably not the ideal time to be playing um, them. But yeah, I don't think um, there's certainly the, the capitals of years past. I think they're, they're more of a one-line team now. Um, obviously easier said than done um, slowing down Ovechkin, especially with the, the injuries at least have on the blue line. But yeah, I, I think, um, you know, better offensive effort. Um, you should have a great chance to pick up two points on Saturday. And we know that Elias Samsonov will get the start in Washington. It'll be his first game in Washington since Washington told him we don't need you anymore and he ends up going to the Leafs and sort of right now resurrecting his career um when you look at the the landscape of you know goaltending around the league we know what the Leafs the, the Leafs it was a big conversation going into the season has Elias Samsonov you know Sam, has he outperformed what made any pro- what you were expecting so far this season and what you're seeing from him yeah, I think so. I, I think um, with him, it was always sort of a consistency issue. Like he definitely had stretches in Washington where he looked really good. Um, but he's definitely looked, you know, a lot more solid this year for longer. Um, and yeah, I think he's, you know, I think he's really proven to be a goalie that if you have you know, a pretty good structure and a good defensive team in front of him, like the Leafs do this year, um, he, he can, you know, really excel for you. He hasn't really given up um, many bad goals this season and I think that's all the Leafs need right like if they just have somebody back there that you know the same goes for Matt Murray I don't think they have to you know like post a 930 they just have to give them you know quality goaltending and don't go on those kind of long stretches that they had 
um, that the Leafs had last year with Mrazek and Campbell, where they just couldn't really get a save, right? Like that, that's the challenging thing. And I think, you know, if, if Sam Suck continues to just play steady like he has, doesn't give up any bad goals, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. And it, this Leafs tandem, I mean, you're going to eventually at some point have those wondering, you know, will it, will there be a controversy in that net? I don't think there is one right now because I don't think either one has really, I mean, hasn't played enough to establish himself as the clear cut starter. Yeah. Samsonov has the most recent impressive streak where he got a you know a few shutouts. He went undefeated at home, but he's also been fed some of the easier games. In my opinion, you know, that, that game against Anaheim, other than the first period, he didn't really face much, but um, do you feel like at some point there will be this conversation and potential controversy with this, with this tandem? Uh, it's possible. I, I think now, though, I think the landscape in the NHL is a bit different where a lot of teams are are comfortable really riding two goalies um, and just kind of playing the hot hand. And I think, you know, I think we can see how it shakes out. If if I think the Leafs want it to be Matt Murray, I think they want him to kind of, you know, be the guy that's playing two out of every three games and kind of ramping up come playoff time and, and he's going to take that job. But I don't think it's a bad thing if, you know, Samsonov is pushing Murray if, if Samsonov is playing really well too. I mean, I think that's I think that's what Toronto sort of envisioned last year with with Campbell and Morassic and it just never never panned out. But I think this is always what Dubas kind of wanted, right? Two goalies you can kind of, you know, sort of rotate in and out when needed. And I don't think it it necessarily, you know, says a lot of, of who's starting what game or, or or whatnot. I think they might just have a plan of, you know, uh the workload for each goalie and how much they want to get them in just to keep them sharp. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm one of those that kind of wants to wait and see what happens going until the end of the year because, yeah, I do think the Leafs wanted to be Matt Murray in the playoffs because he does have the experience. We saw what he did in Pittsburgh. Um, When when I look at this, the, the fantasy hockey landscape too when it comes to goaltenders, and this you're the perfect person to ask, ask this, it, this might be one of the toughest years to pick a fantasy hockey goaltender in a draft like I had to start my season Thatcher Demko and Billy Huso. I was not confident at all with that tandem and somehow I am in the top three in my league but the cracks are starting to show a little bit with that tandem like how tough has it been analyzing this goaltending uh, fantasy market yeah it's really challenging and, and I think like one of the things um, we see now in fantasy hockey is this like quote unquote zero goalie strategy that some people use um, I use it pretty much every year where you you essentially almost don't draft any goalies until your last couple of picks. You take a flyer on a couple of, of late round people. And then you sort of like shape your goaltending from the waiver wire um, as you sort of see how the season's shaping up. Cause it's so hard to predict in September or October when you're doing your drafts, like, you know, someone like Piotr Kachekov has been phenomenal. You could have plucked him off waivers, even like Linus Allmark, like, I think after drafts, he was available in like half of leagues. Like most people had drafted Jeremy Swain in there um, and it completely flipped, you know, Stuart Skinner uh, was another one, um, you know, that sort of was widely picked up and it is, you know, been really good. Spencer Knight, you know, to an extent as well. I think, I think there's just less and less value to drafting goalies high in fantasy. I think there's more value taking skaters and waiting to, you know, to draft goalies late. Like I, I can tell you, I drafted three goalies and none of them are on, on my roster anymore. Like I drafted 
I drafted Anton Forsberg because um, I thought he'd be effective for the first couple months with Calvin out, and he was. And then I took Grubauer and, and Cal Peterson with my last two picks, one, hoping they'd, they'd have a season. They didn't. I ended up grabbing Swayman because somebody dropped him. Um, they got frustrated. I picked up Aiden Hill, who's been great, like one quality start a week, and I grabbed Pacheco. And I'm doing really well in my league. And I think a lot of people can, you know, kind of follow that strategy. You don't have to necessarily reach too high for goalies because, yeah, like you said, it, it's so much from year to year. It's such a volatile position. And this year especially, like we saw Demko, Campbell, um, even Sorrow started slow. Markstrom had a tough go of it. Now he's kind of turning around. Tristan Jari as well. Um, there's just a, a ton of goalies this year that really struggled out of it. Yeah, and talking about reaching, um, like, yeah, goaltending is always one where people are like, ah, you got to have that goaltender, otherwise you're not going to win. There's other ways to do it too. But also talking about reaching, I know, you know, it's hard for some fans when they're drafting, they want to have a player from their team on their fantasy hockey league. Some people are going to see right now Connor Timmins on this point streak. He's pretty much been at a point-per-game player. He's been really good with TJ Brody back. Should we be pumping the brakes? Should we make sure that Leaf fans aren't rushing to the waiver wire or rushing to go and get Connor Timmins in fantasy right now? Well, I think it depends on your expectations. Um, if you think, you know, Connor Timmins is going to be like Adam Fox, you're you're going to be disappointed. But, hey, they've got a lot of injuries right now. Toronto, he's going to get minutes. He's going to be on the second power play. Um, you know, he's got, I think, five points in four games. You could always, you know, if you don't have any issues with, you know, um, ad restrictions of, of a player, you could always add him for a short term and see what he does over the next week. And, you know, if he, if he starts to fall off, which, you know, when the team gets healthy, I'm sure his, his ice time is going to go down a bit. Um, you can just drop him. Um, nothing sort of ventured, nothing gained. But, yeah, I don't see him, like, saving your, your fantasy hockey season. But, yeah, in a short spurt, maybe for a few games, he could have some value. He could also have value potentially if Timothy Lilligren goes down because, you know, yeah. Just generally by the rule of thumb, you have one guy go down, someone else has to step up, and he m- might be the beneficiary. Um, Michael, I uh, want to thank you for, uh, first off, spreading your wisdom on fancy hockey. I've, uh, I I I don't like to ask people for advice on Twitter usually or DM somebody, but I had to. I was in a bit of a jam. Your your uh, your 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 advice did help me in a jam, so I do appreciate it. So that's why. I, um, I wanted to have you on because I owed you. <laughs> and so I do thank you for that. But I, I want to thank you for helping me, uh, uh, you know, subbing in for Mike. It's uh, you did pretty well for your rookie job. And I also want to thank you for uh, helping me through these technical difficulties. We were having some issues in the first segment. I think we were able to expel that in the second segment. But thank you. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, no problem, David. It was fun. Anytime. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so we will. That will do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked On Leafs wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure you follow myself on Twitter at the underscore Morsuti and follow Michael at Amato underscore Mike and follow the show at Locked On Leafs. We'll be back with another episode on Monday where Mike should be. If Mike's not back from his vacation. I'm going to have a little chat with him, but he should be back on Monday. We'll break down the game against the Washington Capitals. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.